What is going on, Pistons fans? This is another Three Rings podcast. Remember to like and subscribe on socials. Today, we have Shaden Sharp on the wild card of this draft. And I'm going to be breaking them down from all the film that I've watched. Um, and then Neil and Vinayak are going to ask some crucial questions about this polarizing prospect. Mysterious. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I watched a few. I I got. I found tape. I watched. I watched a few games. So, but it was not easy. But I managed to find some, some, uh, some tape from Dream City Christian where he played his uh, last year, and then uh, Team U play, which is his EYL or EYBL uh, AU team. So yeah. So he kind of just came on the scene. For, I want to say it was like the FIBA 16U or like 17U, uh, like Nash. He was on the Canadian national team. That's kind of where he came on the, the scene. So he he uh, came on the scene a little late in the high school stage. So kind of his like sophomore, juniorish year before he reclassified. So he went from being unknown to the number one player in the country which is a little unheard of. Um, but, I mean, the, from what I've seen, there's a lot to like about him. He tested at the combine. He was a little over 6'5", and a little under a 7-foot wingspan, which is just crazy long. Um, I mean, he doesn't really look like when you, when you watch him, he doesn't look like he gets too up or too down. He's kind of like even kill um kind of like Cade uh if you think about it and he's just pretty smooth consistent guy he played um with a ton of D1 players in high school and AU and on his international team so I don't I don't think there's an issue with that like from jumping from high school to the NBA because a lot of you know high school teams it's like yeah you're the best player on your team but you're you know a 6-5 guard and the you know, you're the, you're the tallest guy in your team. So that's not that's not really an issue. He had D1 players that, you know, are going to be centers in in uh, at the collegiate level and everything. So he played in a role that, you know, is fit for him that he will play in in the NBA. Um, so offensively, just watching his tape, watching, you know, the the games that I watched, I keep like the the word that kept coming through my mind is just freak. He is a freak athlete in just every sense of the word, and he could win the dunk contest tomorrow. Um, he's got plus three point shooting, shown a lot of NBA level range, um, and also on a consistent basis. You know, he was like around a thirty five to forty percent three point shooter. Um, kind of, I was just kind of tallying it as I went. So like give or take around there. He's got a crisp shot. It's nice high release, high start point. He elevates really high. Um, so yeah, uh, he shoots a lot of contested shots, which, but that helps him. So um, he'll make open shots when given. He doesn't really need the ball in his hands to be dangerous. He knows you know, he can be a catch-and-shoot guy and stuff. He goes up strong. He, I think the most underrated thing about him is his passing. He has great vision. 
he's shown, you know, a lot of just, you know, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have the high work rate that, you know, a point guard would have because he plays off ball, but his passing is very underrated. Um, he hits the target perfectly. Um, he fills lanes, you know, can trail on fast break. And, you know, the, the backdoor cuts, like the pin bounds and lobs, that, that's going to be really handy in the, in the league. He uses his athleticism for a lot of, like, put back dunks, rebounds. You know, he looks to crash the boards pretty consistently. He's got smooth ball handling. He can beat you off the dribble. Um, but his his main signature move is kind of like if you can like imagine in your mind kind of the James Harden step back where it's like a, a two dribble and then kind of a step back. And it, it, it's a little slow, but that's kind of his bread and butter. Um, you know, sometimes I say some of his weaknesses is, you know, he handles the ball passively. Sometimes he has a two out in front where he kind of just, you know, doesn't notice and he get he gets his uh, pocket picked and stuff like that. So um, that's something he can work on. I think some possessions, he just kind of sits in the corner and takes some – and he's not the first person ever to take a possession off. But, yeah, I kind of, you know, sometimes he doesn't sit in the corner or sometimes he does just sit in the corner and doesn't really look for the ball or kind of look to get open. Um, and I say – his set shot isn't always balanced. He's kind of got a little bit of a leg kick sometimes, especially like with his contested shots. And I think another thing is he seems a little shy of contact. Um, you know, when he goes to lane, yeah, like he'll go up strong, but he doesn't, you know, always drive and just, you know, take, take it like man, man on, which I think he could because he has the athleticism too, but he doesn't, he doesn't always, he kind of, little shy away and he draws fouls but yeah it's finishing those but um I think defensively he definitely like knows he's an elite athlete and he he uses that to advantage his advantage um if you know he gets beat off the dribble a lot that I saw but you know he will block you from behind um but I think he's he's he does well. You know, he's a good perimeter, solid perimeter defender. He needs to keep his hands up a little more. Um, but he knows where the ball is. He can track the ball. Um, he's good at stealing and kind of timing his steals. Um, he looks to crash the boards. He doesn't really always box out his man. I've seen a lot of guys where it's just like he's he's in the paint, like he's standing on the block and the dude will just go around him. That happened to him. I don't know too too many times, um, from what I watched, but uh, I think you know he he contested a three. You know he's already on the other end. Like if he's if he's contesting a three on the top of the key, he's already down looking for a dunk on the other side. Which you know do with that what you want. Um, I think he oversteps a lot on on uh, defense when he's just playing man to man. Allow, allows guys to get by him and I think just a lot of those flaws though are covered up just by how athletic he is and he can make up for it and you know stealing or getting a block and just running back because he's quick enough um but he's he's not someone who's going to get in foul trouble either so that's a good thing 
and uh, he will get some just going up for blocks in general, but he's not, you know, it's well thought, it's well timed, like stealing and stuff. So that's not that big a deal. And then the other thing, he doesn't really, I don't know, he didn't really get on the ground for like loose balls and stuff. There was just one where like the ball was just right at his feet and he didn't even like go for it. And there were three other guys on the ground. And I was like, okay, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I think the effort thing will change as he uh, gets to the league and kind of, you know, the different leadership. And I think Cade Cunningham is a great leader. And I think, you know, if Cade gets to him, he will follow. I don't see Shaden Sharp as like a, he doesn't seem very like super outspoken or anything. And I think that Cade would be like a great leader to have for him. But overall, I think the fact that he sat out a year, I don't think that's as big of an issue as people see it to be because he did play or he did practice with the team in January through the rest of the season. So I don't really think that's that's uh, much of an issue. So like John Calipari has put out, you know, I don't know how many, you know, first round picks and specifically guards. So I don't – he's seen what he's capable of, and he said that he's had some wow moments and he's been as good as advertised. So I don't think that's an issue for, for me. Um, but I think that the bigger issue is just kind of how long he's been on the scene, if that makes sense. Like, you know, we didn't really know anything about him until he was 16. Like, no one had any film on him before. And, yeah, we kind of only have that, like, year and a half two years of film which is a little concerning but I don't think it's it's as concerning as much people or like as many people think it is um yeah I mean his individual workouts were good um he didn't really interview or anything at the combine so I think you know those team workouts are going to be crucial for uh, where he goes um he doesn't really force the ball too much I think he he's pretty like you know fluid with with that um I mean a lot of people have given him the comp of like Levine or kind of but I see a little more like Jalen Green kind of Jalen Brownish um just off athleticism and kind of I feel like he has a little bit more complete game and he also plays a little bit more off ball you know Levine has been like a little more of a primary ball handler in recent years so yeah and then, I mean, drafting him, you're definitely drafting him for his upside. There's there's no team that's going to draft him for his floor. Um, so, yeah, I think offensively all of his skills are really there, and it's just putting them together. Um, he won't be an all-around, like, he won't be, like, an all-defensive player, but he'll be fine. A lot of people that I've seen who evaluated him say that he can guard one through four but I don't think so he can guard he'll guard one through three he's not uh big enough or, or not strong enough to really guard like four like if you put him against a Keegan Murray I don't think he's gonna do that well or put him against a Jabari um so yeah he's more of a one through three and then yeah I mean he he's just you know I think the interviews like I said those will be crucial on where he lands because 
you know, really there, there hasn't been much about him just like talking in general. Um, but I truly believe in terms of potential, he is with Chet and Jabari as the, the highest, the most upside in this whole draft. Um, and I think that's why he's going to be a big, the, he's going to be like a top, you know, five to 10 pick. And uh, I mean, I think we, we forget how many players like, like further ago, like, you know, 15 to 30 years ago made the jump from high school to the pros or made the jump from like a JUCO or a small school and have been successful. I think a lot of people just haven't seen it in a while, which is part of why people are shying away for him. And yeah, I mean, I think his offensive development, like with Cade specifically, will come along very well. Um, but I mean, I think his defensive development will be key and just kind of we'll see the speed of the, the, the game and how that affects him because you're just watching these teams like, yeah, he was he was really sped up in AU and stuff, but um, he, it was kind of at his own pace. So like watching a game where it's like you don't set the tone, someone else does. I want to see that. Um, yeah, I mean, he on the Pistons, just in general, if he reaches like half of his potential, he'll be like a super key contributor um, for the future. I think floor wise, he's kind of like that Tommy Diallo kind of guy where you, you talked about that with Ivy, but I kind of see that with him. Definitely has a better jump shot than, than Diallo, but kind of just this dude who has, excuse me, a ton of athleticism that, you know, had a, a ton of potential as well. But I think a lineup with, you know, Cade, you know, Sadiq, Bagley, and Stewart with him, you know, there's nobody under 6'5 in that lineup. And that's, you know, that's pretty good. And then, you know, I think, like I said before, having Cade alongside him will help him, you know, develop better and I think grow stronger in other situations, like rather than, you know, uh, Indiana, New Orleans, kind of Sacramento, where, yeah, they have their own troubles with guard play. But, yeah, I mean, I can see right now in terms of development is kind of going to be like an Anthony Simons trajectory. I know Vinayak likes that guy, but it's going to be, you know, he's not going to come out and be an instant impact in October. He's, you know, he's going to be a guy like that who's going to be the number two player like two, three years down the line. And I think, you know, I said that like you're banking on his talent, but you're also banking on like this year. It's not wash, but like, you know, you're going to have to give it time. And I think he's not really going to, he's not going to really compete for rookie of the year, but he will be, he'll be solid in uh, two, three years from now. And, we know anything about rookie of the year uh awards it's not you know the guy who wins it isn't always the best player in that class so so yeah that's kind of that's kind of where i'm at with that i know that was kind of a mouthful but uh i'll take questions now yeah so the first thing that i wanted to ask you 
is that a lot of scouts are actually getting really pissed off with Shane Sharp and his camp. Um, I'll read you a couple of random scouts that I've seen on Twitter. This one said he barely practiced at Kentucky, didn't want to play in games, and he didn't want to play at the Combine. Who's advising him? He can't hide forever. Does he want to play in the summer league? And then another one said, I'm not a big fan of pro days, but we have to watch and see guys like Shane Sharp. You can see he has all the tools, great body. He's athletic and he can shoot it, but he hasn't played. And that scares me. And what do you say to, to those people? And kind of a lot of the people are like questioning his mentality because there's been a lot of people that have been saying that, you know, if, if he plays in the NBA, he's not really going to care. He's just, he's hiding right now to get that first paycheck. And then it doesn't actually result in anything. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a serious concern. And that's kind of a concern I had. I, I mean, I talked about, you know, taking possessions off. He, he took a few more than I kind of expected or wanted him to. So I think that has shown on the tape where it's like, he had he has shied away from some things in terms of you know adversity but I think yeah again you're really banking on his upside and you know I'm not gonna blame anyone for sitting out you know we talk about football like sitting out to save your draft stock in terms of injury but I don't I don't think that was a injury uh, kind of sitting out it was more saving his stock and you know I don't think he's hiding anything. I don't think there's anything to hide um, in terms of talent um, because he's shown it before. And, you know, the people at Kentucky have said that, but it's just his youth. He's still, you know, 18, 19. And like I said, if, if you put him on Detroit with Cade, I think Cade and Dwayne Casey will sit him down and, you know, tell him that stuff. And, you know, it, it might not resonate at first, but I think I think they, they'll be able to get to him. Um, but I think if you put him in a different situation like Sacramento, it's not going to work. But I think we'll find that out sooner rather than later just with the, the team workouts because I don't think anyone uh, turns down doing team workouts. So we'll see what that's like there. You know, solid, great question. <laughs> Another question I had also on Shane Sharp was, do you think the Pistons have the uh, patience? Like you mentioned Anthony Simons, you know, it's 20, uh, he was drafted in 2018 and it's only, it's 2022 now. So that's four years upon being drafted, almost four years. And now just now Anthony Simons is kind of making that sort of leap and is now expected to make a leap. Do you think the Pistons have that sort of patience in the rebuild or do you think, now having Kate, is there more of like a pressure to have a rookie who can contribute? Maybe not like like immediately, but like, you know, a little faster development than, you know, three years. Cause it is, I mean, it is valuable to think like he is a high schooler and there's going to be a long adjustment. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if he goes to G League because it's going to be an adjustment period for him. So do you think the Pistons have that sort of patience in their rebuild or would you, do you think they kind of want to, you know, kick into high gear more so? Yeah, I mean, I don't think he would go to the G League um, just because you would kill all of that adversity. And I think he would fall into the the loop of, you know, he doesn't care and everything like that. So I don't think 
you want to do that. But I do think that the pitch, the Pistons would be willing to wait patiently um, depending on what happens in free agency. Obviously, if they go out and get, you know, DeAndre and they're probably not going to be patient about it. But I think, you know, Troy Weaver wants to develop, you know, naturally and within. Um, and we've kind of seen that. With, I mean, we're seeing that with Killian right now. I think we we need to be a little bit more patient than we than we were originally about him. Um, so in that sense, I do think that you know they would be willing to, but I think it does matter on what they do in free agency uh, this this uh, this summer. And yeah, I mean, if they they go out and sign a guy before. Uh, they go out and sign, yeah, like I said, they go out and sign Aiden or, you know, hopefully not Miles Bridges. But if they go out and sign one of those guys, you're probably looking at them, you know, trying to go after Ivy or uh, Murray or Mathurin in that uh, in that sense. Yeah, and then um, let me ask real quick too. Um, what – do you think like separate Shaden Sharp from the Derek Joneses, the Hamadou Diallo's of the world? Like, is it just the shot kind of like you said, uh, or is there like other things that that make him more than just being a freak athlete? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that's a that's a solid question. I think I think his IQ, his basketball IQ is is pretty high. Um, it's the motivation that that's the the issue but i mean you know the miss the the mystery man kind of thing is legit but at the same time you know the guys who have played at kentucky you know devin booker it like to scouts was kind of a mystery man just because he didn't play a ton so so yeah i think that that is something interesting but from the film that i've watched his IQ looks high. Like he knows what he's doing. He can see the floor, his vision. Um, I mean, he could play the one if he wanted to, but I wouldn't play him in the, at the one in the NBA. But he did He did a little bit in AU, so I think he handled that well. But he can also play off ball. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of that's where I'm at right now. So – but we'll see. I think he, I don't know. I think the more people learn about him, the more, yeah, obviously the more people learn, learn about him, the more polarizing he becomes. Um, so I think a team, a team like the Pelicans, honestly, might be a, a decent fit just because they'd be able to wait patiently because they have multiple picks. I think same with Charlotte. Charlotte's another team. Or I think they be able to wait patiently because they have multiple picks and they're closer to a to a um, playoff spot than the Pistons. But yeah, I think yeah, the patience is definitely key. Yeah, I'll just add too about Jaden Sharp. There isn't much about his um like his there's not much of seeing him outside of just the high school stuff. But I did I did like listen in on these scouts are talking about. At those Kentucky practices, which he was at, they said he was by far the best player on the court during those practice practices. Now, I don't know if John Calipari is kind of designing that 
he could be, but I feel like they wouldn't do that for like practice. So, I mean, he did play with players like that. So you would actually probably want to ask like Ty Ty watch like those types of players. It seems like they also have a high respect for Shaden Sharp. So that's something considering too, that, you know, he has, I mean, although he didn't like directly play in like organized basketball, he did play with like Kentucky people in practice. So, and they, and he was apparently the best player on the floor there. So that's something to consider as well. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would take John Calipari's word over uh, most people just in general. And yeah, I think, I think, like I said, the interview process is going to be huge because yeah, you see him on Twitter, Instagram stuff, but you haven't really seen him sit down in front of the media and just, you know, talk. So I think that's definitely going to be uh, the most interesting thing. Awesome. Well, that will uh, cap up our, our little series of going over Ivy, um, Sharp, and Keegan Murray. Um, so we have, we have a few other episodes that we have, or a few other ideas for episodes, I should say, that are going to be in the works of, you know, talking about a few of the other players like Benedict Matherin, because as we've said on Twitter, if anyone follows us that's listening right now, this is a Benedict Matherin podcast. We've, we've been saying that from the start, we've been on him since, since November of last year. So, um, We'll go over him and a few of the other guys, like probably Dyson Daniels, who has been, man, he has been shooting up the draft boards recently. Um, so, yeah, we have, we have a bit to, to talk about with the draft. We will uh, eventually come out with a mock draft episode. And, of course, we'll go over the playoffs and the finals um, very, very soon and talk about our predictions and things like that. So, yeah. Um, any last thoughts, guys? This is a... Uh... This has been kind of fun. This is more fun, in my opinion, than although, like, I would love the Pistons get the number one pick this year, and I loved getting Kate Cunningham. I kind of do like getting the fifth pick because it allows for more, you know, discussion for who should go five. So it's fun. It's fun, like, looking into these draft, into these different players and seeing what they can become. And also the risers. You know, you mentioned Dyson Daniels is rising. Players like Jalen Davis are rising. Like, Malachi Brenham, I believe, from Ohio's, like, it's so fun to just see these new players who could be in play in five. So um, exciting stuff as well. And also, I, I will also attest to the Benedict Matherin hype as well. I'm on the train as well. Like and subscribe. Of course, of course. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening. Check us out on social medias, as we always say. And then, like Aiden just said, like and subscribe. So we will see you on the next episode of the Three Rings Podcast. Peace. Peace.